generations. And this isn't something that we just came up with. I'm going to shock some of you. But uh, 20 years ago, that, this actually was the, what was our brand. <laughs> okay, you can't see that I'm sporting a mullet right there. <laughs> Luckily, it's in the shadows. And yeah, there's Aslan, there's Sarah, there's Crystal, and there's Char uh, Jared. Y'all call him Jared. I call him Shark. So <clears throat> he's, of course, you see how his attention span is about the ball. So, <laughs> But <clears throat> in dealing with the Church of Generations, it is what we, we have... Uh, really fashioned ourselves after it is uh, an easy place for me to be starting this from and a teaching because years and years ago that was 20 years ago uh, the Lord really impressed upon me the importance of generations uh, both my bro older brother and sister they moved away uh, they went off to college and they moved away and they never came back they stayed away and Crystal and I uh, we we stayed in town but we moved off uh, to Philadelphia, where we had a business, and I was associate pastor at a church up there. As soon as I moved away, it was always something on my heart to, to move back. There was, it was just my makeup. I moved back. My dad was, was getting older. He was having some health problems. And um, my grandmother was here. And so we moved back for that very purpose. Her parents were in Florida because there was something in my heart that God had had put in my heart about generations and how important it is for us to be generational. Now, if you aren't a part of, you know, a big family, you moved away, don't worry. The Bible has got a word for you today about being generational. Regardless of where you are in this world, wherever you are in your spiritual walk, God has made a plan for all of us to partake of this generational thing that he presented in the scriptures. <clears throat> Lamentations 519 says, You, O Lord, rule forever. Your throne is from generation to generation. God himself marks a part of his glory upon generations. He, is, he was sharing his glory, his his ruling forever his throne is described by generations it's by this generation this it's not a one-time thing it's not a seasonal thing it is a generational it expands generations it it expands beyond culture that's i i love you know like the ten commandments we went through the ten commandments uh, some months ago do you know the Ten Commandments are beyond culture. The, Holy, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Ten Commandments have nothing to do with culture. A culture can affect how we sing. It can affect how we worship. It can affect how we dress. But there are some things in God's Word that <clears throat> go beyond culture, that culture has no effect on it. And generational connecting, connecting from generation to generational, it, 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 there's culture that can change but it is beyond culture. <clears throat> the next verse is Ephesians 3.20. Because now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. 
according to the power that works within us. That's pretty big. I mean, if you wanted to write a powerhouse sentence, could, could it get any better? It couldn't get any better. Far more abundant beyond what we can ask or think. And that says it all. It's, I, I, can't, I can't even figure out because it says it's beyond it. So, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to how many? All generations. This is, this is a phenomenon that is to all generations that the, the God of my Father can be my God. Now, I don't think like my father. I don't think like my grandfather. I've not experienced the things that they've experienced. But this verse right here, and many, many, many more times, it says, he can transcend culture, music, style, and be my glorious God. Wow. That's something. He is beyond it. He's above it. So, generations connected. 42 times the scripture you know, says that God is the God of our fathers, a.k.a. generational. 42 times. He introduces himself. Hey, you get to know me, but let me just do a quick, uh, a, a, a quick introduction. I'm the God of your father. Now you get to know me. That's, that's that introduction. I want you to know me personally, between me and you, but I was the God of your father. Now it's your turn. And I will be introduced to your son and your daughter as, hey, I want to get to know you, but I was the God of your father. That's an introduction. And, and that's how God introduces himself as a generational God in the Old Testament, 14 times the scriptures mention the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's three generations. Great-grandpa, grandpa, and their father. Look at this scripture. And, and Matthew in the New Testament goes, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. The next generation is not discovering a God of their, of the past, but he's a God of the living. He's a God for every generation to come, but it needs to be introduced as the God of your father, the God of your grandfather. Generational. Well, <clears throat> we're seeing today incredible devastation. And when you, when you put it in text like this, the incredible devastation of, of the family unit by not having one father in the household and how devastating it is. I want you to know that it is, the Bible's telling us, listen, there's devastation if you don't have three men involved in this family. Three leaders, three, three someones, three, you know, either a, a matriarch or a patriarch. The, the strength comes from having three generations involved, not just one. We can see what it, I mean, it's devastating not having that one generation all together to, to press on, you know, to have a belief system. So we're, we're going to, 
really stretch you a little here. Now, this is my disclaimer. You're going, I moved away. My parents live in Tahiti and my grandpa, you know. Stay with me. The Bible is going to instruct us how we can be connected generation, through the generations. How strength's going to come to us. There are certain numbers in the Bibles that, that keeps getting repeated, like the 12. You know, there's, there's 12 disciples. The day is split into 12. There's 12 months of the years. And you see, you see certain numbers. One of those numbers is three. The power of three. The neat thing about the power of three is how many are in the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Out of the 12 apostles, Jesus had a favorite. The placard above the cross, King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, was written in three languages. Jesus, in his ministry, raised three people from the dead. He was put up on the cross at the third hour. He rose from the dead on the third day. And God introduces himself as the God of three generations. And this verse, through though one may be overpowered, I don't care who you are, you can be overpowered. Two can, def can defend themselves. A cord of three stands, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Said the enemy is attacking us. Said he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And some people are going, Oh, I got the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I read my Bible every day. I'm telling you, you need three strands. You need three generations to help you stand. It's not going it, to, it's this constant attack on you. And, and he said, You know what? When you're broken down, who's going to protect you more than your father, your son, your grandpa? I mean, they are for you. A three-generational blessing. There's, there's blessing, there's strength, and there's protection that comes with it. Are any of those offensive to anyone? Can you throw any one of those away? Are you saying, is there any one of those three up there that you go, you know what, I can live without that one. Now, that's what this, this cord of three does. This multi-generational blessing from God. So, an another one. The Apostle Paul <clears throat> reminds us of a situation. He has one of, one of his t uh, students, Timothy, if you read in the book of Timothy, Paul's writing to Timothy, and he reminds Timothy of this very thing. He tells Timothy, he goes, I call to remembrance... You know, this is a nice way of saying, hey, wake up. You know, I, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded is in you also. That's three generations right there. You know, it started... Timothy, you are you're a great disciple. You, man, you are knocking it down. 
But I call to remember, <clears throat> before you get a little too big for your britches, that you did this all by yourself. But that faith that you're walking in started in your grandmother and your mother. Now it rests in you. A cord of three is not broken easily. Something's, it's a strength. It's been our brand for 20 more, it's been more than 20 years. That strength is there. It's interesting. Um, the examples that the Lord gives us. But the first one here is generations connected. Here's honor and respect. Other. To be generally connected, you have to honor and respect other generational gifting. What does that mean? It means this that we see in the scriptures. You know, I don't want to be a part of church. I don't want to be a part of a church where everyone's young. You know, it's like, oh, but it's so exciting, and, you know, and I don't want to be a part of church where everyone's old, okay? I want to be a part of a church where it's all generations, because each generation brings a gift, brings a strength. One brings wisdom, the other brings strength. Wow. One brings uh, 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 this, this incredible gifting. You know, people get here and they go, oh, well, not everyone. You know, they don't do it the way I do it. They don't believe the way I... And you, they set themselves up on another plane. Oh, I'm more sensitive to the gifting. Yeah, but you're wishy-washy. You need somebody who knows who their God is, and no matter what happens, it's their God. They don't question it. Because they've been in this relationship with God for 50 years. Going, yeah, but they don't raise their hands. They, they don't sway to the music. They don't... It's like, what does that have to do with you experiencing God? What is it that everyone here has to do it your way or believe what you believe? You know, um, oh, well, this person, they shout. That gets me upset. Good. Good. That's a different gifting. You've seen God all different than you to see him. Your God's a little boring. <laughs> Their God's a little scary, but it's the same God. Maybe from a different generation, maybe from a different experience, but it's the same God. And that's what the Bible is talking about. To bring it all in, how rich can that be? So the scriptures, in, in the scripture in Acts says, in the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Hang on, old guys. Your old will dream dreams. Do you know, my dreams are so vivid, and they've been this way forever. And this weekend, the Lord reveals things in my sleep that I bring on Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, I get up, and I print out my notes, either Friday or Saturday. And this morning, I was up early, changing the Prezi, changing my notes, because the Lord spoke something to me. Oh, man, we're to dream dreams. You can have the daydream, you can have a night dream. But do you, do you see what's happening here? It says, not only that, he goes, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. It says, in those last days, 
that generation, that generation, and hey, we sit up in groups of three. <laughs> Every generation is gifting, and a generation connected is, if you want to be a part of a church like that, a family of God like that, you have to put on that spirit that I accept those young people prophesying. I accept getting corrected by this old fart, you know. I allow that person to move in the gifting. It checks out with God's word. It sounds different. It may have a rap feel to it. And, oh, those old people can't accept it, you know. You, if you're going to be generationally connected, you have to honor the gifting of another generation. You have to honor their music. You have to honor the way they worship the way they teach. Wow. I like this one. You have to have a teachable spirit. Oh, this is, I love stepping up. All you old people, whatever that old means, go ahead and stick your foot out there. Just slide it a little bit forward. Go ahead. Slide it a little forward because I'm stepping on those toes. You know, it gets me how people, they get older. I've been a Christian for 20 years. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you think, oh, I'm old. I should be teaching. Do you know what the Bible tells us? You know, we, we should be, it said the old people should be teaching. You're right. But guess what? <laughs> they tell us here in Titus, you know what? Before the old people teach, teach them. Just because you're old doesn't mean you got it right. Look at this verse. He goes, teach the older men to be temperate. Worthy of respect. Some of you guys aren't, just because you're sporting some gray hair, doesn't mean you're worthy of respect. Okay? It just doesn't. It's like, hey, I got gray hair. You know, I had it when I was 30. Come on. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Teach the, oh, I like this part, stay with me. Teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, ladies. <laughs> Let's stop. <laughs> Did anyone walk out on that one? <laughs> wow. All right, don't, okay. So watch the wine, ladies. A little vino tonight. But to teach, but to teach what is good then they will teach the younger women wow the old people so you know what you have to have a teachable spirit regardless how old you are if you're 80 you need to be teachable you need to be just as teachable as the, the 14 year old that's in here if you're going to be connected cross generally you're going to learn from a 14 year old Bible says from the mouth of babes the spirit of God is going to speak wow a teachable spirit for everyone well so <clears throat> one of the things that I know uh, Pastor Pete mentions this all the time you Remember the, the term, the 
Joshua generation. The Joshua generation said, you know, Moses was going through the desert. And because of the doubt, said all that generation died in the desert. And when the last one died, then, and even Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. When that generation died, the next generation went in to possess the promise of God. They went in, and they possessed, they went to this, this nation, to this nation, to this nation, and kicked out the Hittites, the Amorites, all the, all the ites, termites, they're all gone. So, that generation does that. And then the scriptures go on to tell us that, you know what? The next generation did evil in God's eyes. After this Joshua generation, you know, I've heard messages, we're the Joshua generation. Well, then you're writing off our kids. Because they didn't pass it on. So last, the night before last, I was laying in bed. I woke up. I even had to get up and write it down because I knew this was from the Lord. It says, <clears throat> when there's not three generations involved. Now, remember, the old generation couldn't go in. The next generation, all they did was try to possess the land, and they forgot to pass it on. It says, we get so involved with possessing the promise that we forget to pass on the promise. You see why I had to get up and write it down. We can get so, and you know what? They were doing right in God's eye by taking on the promise, but they didn't have another generation to pass the promise on to the coming generation. And the promise was dropped. That's the strength of generational connecting. That while we're at that age, if it's that 35, 40, for those of you who are older, you're like, what happened to the last 10 years? You were providing for the family. You were providing for the family. And that's what God would have you to do. And I know that, that whole balance thing, you're trying. But you know what? When you have cross-generational connection, that grandma can pass on the promise can spend that time the younger can go play soccer you know with the youngest kids the younger adults can go play soccer Kale keeps dragging me out to play soccer I didn't like it when I could play it um, with that missing the Joshua generation ended That's why so, you know, do you know, how, do you know what, what guilt some of us have come across that you're so busy trying to provide and you're not there when they needed you? No, you were out there making money so you can pay for whatever it is they screwed up or broke. You know, it's like, man, we need that connection. And I, I'm going to go, this is one of the disappointing things when there's people whose family get in trouble and they pull away from the church. They're having trouble. I, I think every one of my girls at one time had to go, and it was one of the gentlemen that was in that earlier picture, Tim Powell. I think they went and confided in Tim Powell because he couldn't, the embarrassment to confide with your dad or your mom. And, and Tim's older than I, I am. And so they went to that grandpa because my, my father had passed away. They didn't have that grandpa. And so they went to Tim to find that 
And it's so unfortunate when people go, well, this, these are my kids. I'm, you know, you, I, I must have the last say. And then it's like, no. They need another generation to speak to them. There, there's a, a safe spot in them that they trust that older generation. Possibly I got to go to a younger generation for what I need. Every one of them at one time went to someone. I know for many of us who are getting older, poor Phil and Linda, they're bombarded. You know, they've become like everybody's grandma and grandpa. <laughs> And it's okay. That's what it is to be connected across generations. Generations connected have a spirit of adoption. If there's anything about our church, we have a spirit of adoption on this church. God sets the lonely in families. Guess what? This is, this is where those of you who your family's not saved don't live here. You don't have a great-grandpa that was a missionary or a preacher or even a Bible reader. Yeah, you do, if you're in the family of God. But you have to use them. You have to use them. Just knowing that they're here doesn't do it. There is great wealth and knowledge, wisdom, strength. There's, we have, we have the this church wouldn't function if it weren't for most of the young, young people volunteering. From the coffee bar to back here to the band to the nursery. It's, it, we're, we're running on their strength. And they're relying on our wisdom. And, and the safety that, you know, I want to walk that path that you walked. I want the marriage that you had. You know what? I know actually, and we can do it this way. I don't want the marriage that you had. Tell me how you screwed it up and recovered. Sometimes that's a better strength for the next generation. But you have to have that spirit of adoption. We have to have a spirit to adopt those who come in here and have no generational connection. We've got to learn how to befriend them, how to draw them in, how to touch them in a way that no one else is to make that connection. Now we, I know we have the spirit of adoption because so many of the families here are trying to adopt. Uh, I know the Burgoynes, they, they adopted a child with numerous medical problems. But man, what kind of faith does that take? And it it's costs you your time, your energy, your money. But they have the spirit of adoption on them, as, as many as you do. And I want you to know that every one of us need that spirit of adoption to take someone in under your arm and teach them. At least let them watch when you build the back porch or do this or do that. That spirit of adoption needs to be on the church. So, the exciting thing that we have here is, there's your small group, we have the opportunity for us to recognize, you know, I may have been coming to this church for a long time, 
but I'm an orphan. I don't reach out. I don't ask for help. I don't offer help. I don't take anyone under my arm and let them get close. Twenty-three times in the Bible says God will arise and he'll arise in you. It's a blessing. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I'm here to tell you that that spirit of adoption, that spirit uh, of being teachable, it's in this body. Cross generations are here. And it doesn't matter how long you've been here, if, if, if you've not allowed yourself to be a part of the family, here's how they adopted. Because the greatest thing that, that we see in the scriptures is that God adopted us into the family. He adopted the Gentiles through his death. He adopted us. And, and it, an adopted child in the Old Testament was more highly esteemed than a naturally born one. You're naturally born into a family. I don't get to pick you. But if I'm going to adopt you, I go, no, no, yeah. You get adopted. I want that one. You're highly esteemed. And the way they would do it is the person who was wanting to be adopted would stand say, I want to be your family. And then the family gets the chance to come and they stand and they say, you are my 